Welcome, guys and gals, to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton, and today we're going to be talking about something a little bit different, a little bit interesting. We're going to be talking about Michael Cohen, dirtbag or decent guy. Uh, now, normally, I don't talk about these things. I have made a pretty strict rule, especially in the Man Talks community, uh, that we don't talk about politics. And the reason that we normally don't talk about politics is that what I've noticed is that a lot of people can't seem to have uh, an open dialogue anymore. There seems to be a, a complete disintegration of discourse and level, level-headedness. And everything sort of dissolves into an opinion war, right? Like, what's, what's your opinion? And, you know, how is that different from my opinion? And if you agree with me in my opinion about this person's character, or about this political leaning, or, you know, if you're a, a lefty or a righty, if you're a you know, Democrat or Republican, depending on those things, I'll either listen to you or I'll viciously attack you. So what I noticed in the Man Talks community, which is, you know, if you're not in that group, guys, definitely go check it out. We've got 4,000 plus members in that group and some just some incredible, incredible conversations about, uh, you know, fitness and guys losing weight and getting on fitness programs and guys, you know, uh, uh, doing meditation. I, I do live Q&As in there a few times a week and uh, sort of teach and share some of the knowledge that that I uh, work with uh, with clients. We talk about relationships, sex, intimacy, the whole thing. We really talk about a bunch of things. So you can go to Facebook and check out the Man Talks community. But one of the reasons why I took politics out of that group was that I noticed that that pretty much no one was able to have a real conversation. And I was really surprised because these guys are able to talk about and and have an open dialogue about some of the most incredible things. You know, some of the guys in there are sharing their stories about divorce or, you know, losing a child or losing a parent, <laughs> running a marathon. Like, I mean, I mean, it's just insane. And so these guys are able to talk about, you know, like quitting porn and all these very uh, charged topics that in normal society, most men aren't listening to. Most men aren't, aren't able to lean into, which is why it's such a powerful group. But what I noticed was as soon as politics comes up, it's like the rationality and the, and the logical discourse completely breaks down. And, and it becomes this like mudslinging war. And so today I'm going to look at this from a nonpartisan perspective. I'm not going to look at it from a Democratic, Republican perspective, a left or right perspective. I'm going to look at this from a human being perspective. And, I, and the whole point of this is to hopefully get us back to a place where we can objectively objectively look at some of these issues that are going on in our world and and take our subjective opinions out of it a little bit right because oftentimes we go into these conversations we read these news statements we you know we watch these programs a lot of people that i know get their news from comedy sources now right they'll watch trevor noah or jimmy fallon or uh you know john oliver and and they'll get their news from a comedy outlet and, and that's great because some of these guys and gals do an amazing job of disseminating the information in a way that's understandable for people but the the challenge is that most the reality is that most media is just completely garbage because it's biased 
right? Whether you're watching Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or, you know, whatever Canadian program you watch or wherever you are in the world, a lot of those big media outlets, they are paid for and backed and funded um, by a very specific political leaning um, narrative. And so a lot of their, a lot of their news, a lot of the way that they talk about the news is, is just, is just based off of a political rhetoric. And that's a very dangerous thing. So Michael Cohen, is he a dirtbag or is he a decent guy? The reality is, is that if you watch the trial, what you probably saw was him getting completely attacked and his character getting ripped apart by the Republicans and uh, his his character sort of trying to be uh, propped up by the Democrats, trying to reestablish some resemblance of, you know, a decent character that that hopefully the American people could listen to. Um, but the reality is of that is that people need to be able to make their own distinctions and their own judgments and, and actually take the politics out of it. So so if we take the politics out of it and we look at his actions as a human being, we look at his actions as a man, what we can see is a few things, right? One, he did some really shitty things, right? He he screwed up. He was he was a liar. He manipulated. He, um, you know, and this isn't this isn't just at the president's directive. This is of his own accord and his own business and his own dealings, right? He committed tax fraud. He purged. Like he he did he did a lot of things wrong. And what we can see is that he admitted guilt, right? He admitted guilt. Uh, he sort of repented for those things. He confessed uh, that that he did those things and came to terms with them. He he brought them forward, not of his own accord, obviously, um, but he got called out or he got busted. And when he got busted and he was sort of backed into a corner, he admitted all those things and he you know broke down and, and put all those things out in the world. He he's talked about his impact, the the impact of his actions, and he's he's kind of taken responsibility for an accountability for his actions and the and the impact that those things have had on the on the people uh of of the united states the people of of the world um his family his friends his close people you know, close friends and and the people that he did business with so the reality here is that he's he's a bit of both right um i think for a long time he was probably a bit more dirtbag than decent guy um and you know, it's it's easy for us to say, oh, well, he only confessed these things because he got busted. It's like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes when you were a kid and <laughs> and you were doing some shady stuff and you knew that you were doing some shady stuff, that you were hiding from your parents, um, you didn't tell them, right? You didn't tell them that you snuck out. You didn't tell them that you stole from them. It wasn't until... It wasn't until they they sort of backed you in a corner corner and they had irrefutable proof that you had done so that you had to kind of confess. And even then, some of us lied, right? Some of us were like trying to get out of it and and you know be irresponsible and 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 do that. And so the the illusion is that when we become adults, somehow those childish tendencies from the environment that we grew up in don't exist anymore. And that's a falsehood, right? Like where where did your child go? Where did the five-year-old or 10-year-old or 14-year-old version of yourself that snuck out to smoke pot behind your parents' back, where did that version of you go? Nowhere, 
that version of you is is within you, right? That version of you hopefully has learned from those things. But the reality is, if if that version of you never got busted, if that version of you never learned its lesson, and and or it got busted, but there was no punishment, right? Because some parents don't want to to properly pun, you know, I don't want to use the word punish, but discipline their kids so that they learn their lesson. They, they continue to do those things, right? Because there's no repercussions. So people continue on the path of, of bad behavior until they are inevitably backed into a corner where they have no choice but to admit guilt. And, and even then, there's a small percentage of people that, that just cling to that belief that they're going to get away with their actions until the very end, right? So the reality is, is that you know, Michael Cohen did some incredibly horrible things. He he really uh, he really screwed over a lot of people, and he's been honest about those things, and he's come clean about those things. Um, and I'm not even going to get into the presidential side of things and the Trump and what he did and blah blah blah. I'm not going to get into those side of things. But what I will say is that at the end of the interview, at the end of the of the session uh, with the House Oversight Committee, uh, Republican or sorry. Um, Representative Elijah Cummins, who is the the House Oversight Committee chairman, he's sort of like the president of the House Committee. He really he made a very powerful statement that I think said it best in, in his closing remarks about owning the truth and finding forgiveness. And we, you know, we have created a culture where we viciously attack those who own their mistakes. And, and because, you know, because we've been hurt by them or someone's been hurt by them or, you know, we, we see someone like Michael Cohen, who's, you know, in, has been for a long time, uh, a shitty, a, a shitty person and a horrible guy and a bad, you know, a bad role model for a lot of men out there and for a lot of people out there. And we want to, we want to crucify him and make him a, an example, even though he's come forward, he's admitted guilt, he's admitted his, his, what he's responsible for. We, we have this culture now in our society of viciously attacking those who own their mistakes, uh, especially in the political realm, right? We, we really, we go after them. We, we attack their character. We turn it into, uh, we turn it into a spectacle, especially for the media, right? Because the media eats that up. And then, and then we as a culture and a society really latch onto that. And we take that energy into our everyday lives, right? We take that energy into our everyday lives. We take that perspective into our everyday life. And what that teaches people, what that teaches, especially our kids, if they're watching that garbage, is it teaches them it's okay to attack people who own their mistakes. And so the challenge here is that when we openly and publicly shame people and attack them viciously and tear down their character viciously, when they are owning up to what they've done, what we are teaching ourselves and our children and the people around us is that it's actually not safe if you are doing something wrong and you want to come forward, you want to admit, you know, the infidelity, or you want to admit the fraud, or you want to you want to come forward with a lie that that you have been holding for quite a long time. We cr- have created a culture where it's actually not safe for people to come forward anymore and actually present what's challenging for them, and actually present uh, uh, own and take responsibility for where they have been irresponsible, where they've hurt people, where they've messed up, because a lot of people around them and a lot of people in the environment want them to pay the price, right? It's sort of like the martyr. It's like, 
who of us out there hasn't screwed up? And, and again, I'm not defending Michael Cohen's actions. I want to make that incredibly clear. I am not defending what he did. What he did was incredibly wrong. It was wrong and it was, and it was not good. And he screwed over a lot of people, the American people included. And so this isn't to say that what he's done is right or excusable or anything like that. It's simply to say that he's going to jail, right? <laughs> like this guy is going to jail. He's admitted what he's done and he's going to jail. And I think the challenge is that a lot of this speaks to the fact that, that we as a culture and as a society and as human beings, we, we want forgiveness, but we are slow to forgive. And, you know, I think if the Greeks and the Stoics were around today, they, they would just be horrified. They would be horrified. You know, like a century ago, Friedrich Nietzsche said that God is dead. And, and he said God is dead not, not as sort of like a, a, an existential crisis, like somebody had sort of, you know, killed the, the, the existential, you know, or omnipresent or whatever version of God, but rather to say that people's version of God was, had changed dramatically and, and that people were clinging to a belief rather than experiencing a faith. And I think if the Stoics or the Greeks were around today, they would think that rationality, that, that rational logic and logical discourse was dead. You know what, you know what they would say? I feel, like, I feel like if Plato was alive today, he would say the truth is very close to dying. The truth is very close to dying. Because we live in an age where chaos and confusion run rampant. And, and chaos and confusion are an attack on what's real. Chaos and confusion are an attack on the truth. And the more chaos and confusion that we allow, the, the more that we actually allow the truth to be dissolved, to be disintegrated. Now, the challenge with that is that there are hurt people out there, people who have been hurt, people that are hurting, people who... Um, you know, have have not learned the lesson that actions have repercussions, that some actions have irrefutable and irreversible uh, uh, implications that we can never go back from, right? You can't, you can't take back a murder. You can't take back a, a tax fraud. You, you can't take those things back. So, so we have people that are hurting who are, are trying desperately to find a version of reality in which they aren't suffering. Yet we, we continually uh, play, into, play into the creation of a very confused I, collective identity, right? We have a very confused collective identity as, as a culture, as a humanity, as a society. And, and we perpetuate that by allowing ourselves to lash out and viciously attack people that we perceive are on the other side of the fence of our political or spiritual or religious or whatever leanings, right? Like if, if, if we're a Democrat and we look out on the other side and we see a Republican and we automatically say, that person's wrong, pretty much everything that person's going to say is going to be wrong, and we're not open to hearing them or learning from them, it's an incredibly huge challenge for us to know what is real anymore. And when these lines become more blurred, people, people are more prone to getting lost in, in really untrue controversy, right? Untrue controversy. We fabricate. We fabricate 
from a place of fear, the, the things that we don't want to happen, but then we play into them when they do, right? So we worry about what Trump's going to do or what our wife is going to say or what our kids are going to do. And we, and we fabricate what could possibly go wrong in our heads and we worry about them and, and we worry about them. And then when it happens, we, we allow ourselves to get caught up in the drama of, of anger, of viciously attacking these people and and saying ah I was right you were wrong right and we want to we want to become uh, beholden to this idea of being right but the reality is, is that we need to take a step back and start to come back to a place of truth of honesty of forgiveness because if we can't forgive people who are owning their mistakes in our culture, men or women or however they want to identify uh, within their gender or sexually or like whatever, however they want to identify politically or religiously. If we can't begin to forgive people who are in those spaces, who are coming forward and saying, look, I did something wrong and I really screwed up. Like imagine if you have kids or that you want kids one day or you know a child, imagine a child coming forward, right? And... And them saying, hey, I, I did this wrong. I, I stole, you know, I stole from you. And then you proceeding to berate them and then you proceeding to publicly humili- uh, humiliate them in front of their friends, in front of their family, in front of everybody that knows them in the entire world. What are you teaching the people around them? Well, we're teaching the people around them that it's not safe to come forward and own the truth, right? Sometimes the truth is, is that we've screwed up. And we need to own that. We need to liberate ourselves from that suffering. But the challenge is that we are collectively creating an agreement where that's not actually okay. So so was Cohen a dirtbag? Was he a, a, a sleazy guy that did some sleazy shit? Yeah, he did those things. He absolutely did those things. And for a long time, and he hurt a lot of people, and he's admitted those things, right? So the past is he did those things and they happened. The present is he's admitted those things and he's... He has admitted responsibility for those things and ownership for those things and said, hey, I am going to pay the price for this. And the future of that is that he's going to go to jail and he's going to be apart from his wife and his kids. You know, he's going to pay the price when he goes to prison because I'm assuming that's not going to be pleasant for him. And so, you know, that's what's going to happen for him. So we need to be able to come back to a place where we realize that the environment that we are in, the environment that we are collectively creating within our families, within our work environments, within our societies, are incredibly important. And they are either conducive for the truth to emerge or the truth to be hidden. And they are either conducive for, for forgiveness to be present and, and for forgiveness to be possible for people, or we, are, we create the environment where we teach people that forgiveness is not possible and that, and that when people bring their truth forward, that they're going to be attacked for it. And, and that's a very dangerous place because we create more chaos and we are a part of the chaos machine and the confusion machine, and we are a part of the, of the collective hype around controversy rather than clarity. And if there is anything that, that, I would, that I would encourage, whatever your leaning is, whatever your political views are, religious views, w- like wherever you're listening to this, whatever, I, like if I could just encourage one thing is to come back to a space 
of logical discourse, of truth, of understanding that you are human, that the people in your lives are human, and, and that inevitably you've screwed up in your life at one point or another and, and have requested forgiveness from whatever, from a higher power, from people in your life, from a societal perspective, from a business, from a religion, and you've been granted that forgiveness. And that forgiveness is actually what helps to create order in our world. And so we need to come back to a space of truth and forgiveness. So that's what I have for you today. Let me know if you found this episode interesting, if you'd like me to do more uh, looks, more views at at sort of uh, mainstream mainstream issues and tie them into some of this work. Um, But this is it. So thanks very much for tuning in. Share this with just one person. Don't forget to leave us a rating or a review on whatever channel, whether you're watching us on YouTube, whether you're listening on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify. And until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.